Welcome back, Inebriite. Uh, <clears throat> today's guest is here to promote a new movie, uh, Murder Anyone, which comes out February 7th on demand and digital download. Um, and I went back through their IMDb to kind of look through to kind of like, you know, pick out some some highlights that I could uh, plug in. And uh, I couldn't because uh, Maurice LaMarche has been in everything. Um, Maurice, Maurice LaMarche is here. I love that guy. <laughs> um, but I mean, what an impressive, impressive list. Um, oh, probably it's most a, known for dire- it's a direct result of not dying, <laughs> just getting into the business and then don't die. And you'll have yeah. a long list of, of credits. And that's, well, I mean, there's what... gotta be more to it than that. Like what is it in, is it a show skill? up on time and yep. uh, you know, and be nice, you know, be a joy to work with. And uh, that's, that's what I try for. You know, and uh, I don't bring I, I don't bring my uh, I don't bring my problems into the into the into the uh, recording session. I bring them here, Andy. I'm going to tell you all my problems. Let me tell you first okay, of all, sure, my house sure. my house flooded like four times in the past year, <laughs> and I'm bloody sick and tired of it. I've got construction. I'm I seriously that did happen and has yeah. happened, and that, so if you hear any clomp clomp clomping, I've got construction work going on in my house. Just uh, people are plugging up. Uh, we had to drill out my living room ceiling because we had the, the torrential rains here in Los Angeles. And all of a sudden we heard ploik, ploik, ploik. And it's like happening on my, you know, very expensive living room chair. And yeah, so we had that. We had, I won't bore you with the whole thing, but there's like four, we've been hit by four different ways that water can hurt a house <laughs> in the last six months. A pipe we burst. Air, we we had it. We had an air conditioner blow up, and and just dump twenty pounds of water into the walls. We had uh, a uh, we had, had I yeah we had a, the pipe burst was yesterday, um, and then we had the rain thing I'm telling you about, and also uh, bathtub drainage on the second floor began to drip into my recording studio, which is nice. where I would normally do this podcast from because of, the acoustics are much better, and I have a proper uh you know a microphone to talk to you on but no so we're in my office and i'm just I'm blurred out everything in the background but um you know that's no that 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 that's a pinky <laughs> in the brain thing yeah. and and you know there's just all kinds of stuff up but i can't figure out how to unblur um so anyway so yeah i'm just so if you hear construction that's what's going on water is not my friend except for hydration and uh and so that's and now now I'm done bringing my problems into this. <laughs> now let's talk about murder anyone, which is the way you've got to pronounce it. Andy, oh, I did. I did. Uh, yeah. Usually I no, just no, pronounce no, no, last names. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just yeah. because if you say it, murder anyone, it sounds like, you know, a directive to some nutcase out there. It's like, oh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah there is the a radio. The radio to told me to murder anyone. So I yeah. did. You yeah. know, so it's murder anyone. So, yeah. And it's a uh, it's a very it's a very funny film uh, about. It's about the creative process, and it sends up just about every genre within the 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 horror culture, and um, and uh, I get to play one of the uh, one of the two uh, main characters. Well, actually, there's a bunch of main characters, but we we're the we are the writers that write the action that's taking place on the screen, and I get to play a character named George, who's based on my friend Gordon Bressack. When he wrote this as a play, he braced George on himself and Charlie on his writing partner, Charlie Howell, who uh, he, the t- together, the two of them wrote really probably about half the pinky in the brains 
um, that, uh, by the way, did we tell your audience that I played the brain on Pinky and the Brain? Uh, no, I, I just said you are in. We'll let I mean, it be a surprise. Uh, the list, we'll I mean, let... Simpsons, Pinky and yes. the Brain, Zootopia, yes. Futurama, Rick and Morty. I mean, yes. it just like went on and on and on. Yes, my friends. Was it also Destro and G.I. Joe? Did I see that on there? I was the second Destro. Oh, Arthur, the second. Arthur, okay. uh, Arthur went on a trip around the world. And they could, in those days, they didn't have ISDN even, let alone just yeah. plug it in your computer. So, um, and he, yeah, I guess they didn't know it was coming back. So uh, we, uh, I, I, I did the sound like work on that. Because I don't really like to take work away from other actors. I've been offered the chance to do so many times. And I always turn it down. Even right down to The Simpsons. I, I, I when when the Simpsons were renegotiating their contracts in season six, uh, you know, I, there was this big casting call and I was the first person because I got the first offer because I had the same agent as Harry Shearer at the time. And I just told my agents, no, I won't read for it. No, those are those, those Harry's characters. Those, that's Hank's characters. I know those people. I can't, you know, this that they deserve a raise. They deserve it. And I'm not going to help. I'm not going to help them win against it, these people is that just, your rule is that kind of like an unwritten rule in the voice acting? it's 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 no it's not an unwritten rule in the voice acting world you know we've gone through renegotiations on futurama twice and i'm appalled to learn uh of the, that uh, some of the people who read for my parts people that i actually did some mentoring with so no it's my rule and there are people yeah. who who will fly in the face of that but it's, it's not what i'll do i won't do it that's pretty respectable i try uh, I so I find um I was kind of surprised to see your your name on the list of murder anyone. Uh did I get it right that time? Sure. Okay. Murder <laughs> um, anyone? It's it's, not it's, a, a, it's a it's a it's, it's not a at all what I think to, of. Uh, Bogart. Yeah. Bogart's very first spoken line in the movie. Hanish anyone. So, you know, it's murder anyone. Um yeah, it's not what you'd expect. You wouldn't expect to see a guy you know as a voice actor uh suddenly showing up on camera after a long career of being totally anonymous. So, but I had to do it because James Cullen Bressat is been, uh, I've known him since he was four. Uh, it's a tired line. I've said on other podcasts, but I'll say it again. I'm one of seven people on the planet allowed to call him Jimmy. And, <laughs> okay. uh, but everybody else, he's, he's James Cullen Bressat and he's James man. And he runs a very tight, but fun ship. Uh, when he directs God, that was, it's a fun set, but we never lose sight of the fact that we are, you know, in the serious business of not wasting people's money and making a picture. And so, uh, but so when he came to me and said, uh, I want you to play George, who is, you know, based on his dad, my, who was one of my like top five best friends of my life. Um, uh, you know, we met on Pinky and the Brain and he just, I just immediately liked him. We had the same kind of cynicism and, uh, you know, I'd go over to his house and, you know, I'd, uh, we just sit in the office where the where the shows were being written. Once in a while, he'd pull out his script. And go, brain, say this line is brain. I want to know if it's a good brain line. And I, yeah, I'd say it. He go, yeah, it's great. And you know, but I actually did help him write the end of of Broadway Malady. He was totally stuck, and I came up with a suggestion that he then massaged into something that really worked. Uh, but I loved Gordon, and he was a dear friend. And um, so, getting the chance to play a version of him in this film was a, a real treat. And I'm working with the real Charlie. Charlie Howell is playing a version of himself. And Charlie was Charlie and Gordon uh, wrote to me. They wrote the 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 jokiest uh, Pinky and the Brains, you know. Um, yeah. And so um, 
but Charlie, when, when all that came to an end, a friend of mine was taking the Meisner and he said, you know, I met a guy in my class today who used to write your show. And I was like, yeah, first of all, it's not my show, it's Steven Spielberg's show. But um, I said, who? Charlie, Charlie Howell. So I called Charlie, I said, you taking Meisner? He goes, yeah, I, I want to challenge myself. You know, I've done writing for all these years. So Charlie has actually been, you know, he's a much more accomplished uh, on-camera actor and stage actor than I am. So I got to, you know, I, he was a wonderful partner to uh, to do this movie with, you know, because the, the, the relationship that Gordon wrote was the sometimes contentious relationship that they had. And it's on the way to creating something that just goes all over the screen. Uh, you know, it, 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 you've seen the picture. I haven't yet. Oh, you I, haven't? Okay. No, oh, I haven't actually seen it. You're in for a treat. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're writing a film and one of us wants to write one kind of thing. The other one wants to want, well, the only way we can agree on is that it's going to be a murder mystery. And then it just gets more and more bizarre. And the, the, uh, the younger actors who play the people where we're, the characters we're writing, uh, Gladriel Steinman and, and, uh, 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 Christos Andrews and Spencer Breslin are hilarious. And, uh, Sally Kirkland, Oscar nominee, Sally Kirkland shows up in the film and we just got so many wonderful people and it just is uh it's 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 hilarious it's bizarre and and it's a statement on the creative process and what it's like to be a writer and what it's like to be in the family of a writer so so you said it was a pretty tight ship did was there room for like improvisation or oh yeah i'm just thinking there wasn't a lot of wasted time there wasn't a lot of you know we didn't we didn't we didn't squander our time it was you know, we had, but we had time in between takes for, for jokes and fun, but you know, it was not, uh, it was not a, uh, we, we knew, you know, we were working with a tight time budget and, and also financial budget. And so we were, we were always focused Yeah, the most important thing, but never without, uh, you know, a good touch of humor. So it was really the funnest set I've ever been on in my limited on camera life, you know, so now are you going to be looking for more on camera or are you just still consider yourself mostly? I consider myself primarily a voiceover actor, but um, it was enough fun that I might, I might, I might pull some scenes from this and another film I did just before the pandemic uh, called um, 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 uh, witness infection, where I played a mafia boss who gets turned into a zombie. Um, it's a zombie mafia comedy. And uh, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, I had a, kind of an award-winning um, commercial on the air for a little while for uh, 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 Forza, Forza Horizon 4 for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Played a, a pompous British announcer and um, beautifully shot and very funny and cut very well. And uh, so I might, you know, just take all of that on camera stuff and slap it onto a reel and see if I can get an agent, uh, you know, and see what happens, get out yeah. there and see what happens. Yeah. You know, at 60, at almost 65 years old, I might get non-camera group. Certainly happened, you know, who it happened for was um, Mason Reese. You know, Mason, Mason Reese was a big voiceover guy in the 1960s and 70s. He was the guy whose voice was, with a name like Smuckers, it has to be good. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Mason Reese suddenly turns up in a movie called The Verdict with Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I know that voice. Who is that serious guy, that that lawyer guy that's, you know, sort of in Paul Newman's ear all through the film with? 
And then you realize he's the Smucker's guy. And then he shows up as uh, Lou Grant's boss in, in the TV series Lou Grant and had a very happy career on camera in his senior years. So maybe I'm headed into that. Maybe not. Maybe I'll just do voiceover. It's all acting. Andy. Yeah. Know, it's, it's all, you know, the only difference is that with, with on camera, you got to, you know, stay in your key light and get hair lighting and makeup done and, and uh, you know, not, uh, not pay attention if somebody moves a camera or walks in the background. <laughs> But, you know, you just, you just, it's, it's, and memorization. That was probably the, the, the you know, I'd forgotten that there's oh, memorization sure. involved, you know, yeah, when you're a voiceover actor, you know, yeah, you grab the line off the thing and you can go off book, but you come right back to it. And, uh, you know, so, you know, just getting your lines down was a big part of this. And I ran them and ran them and ran them. And thank God I was, you know, 99% off books. We have very, very few blown takes. So that's good. That's great. And and mm-hmm. I probably assume you can't do it as much from home. I feel like a lot of voice actors have their home studios that they can. And I do. I mean, the, the pandemic made that necessary. But prior to that, I was, you know, kind of the last house on the block to, to, to not have to not have a home studio. And then when the lockdown happens, you know, it just it's what, it's what had to happen. So my son, who's a very talented musician and really knows his way around a soundboard, we, we you know, we cobbled together a studio in the house and and that's where I, that's where I did almost the entire second season of Animaniacs from, as well as a lot of the of Disenchantment. By the time Futurama got started back up, uh, we were we were we had a lot of COVID protocols, but we were back at uh, at our at our home studio called LA Studios here, in, you know, right across from the old Hanna Barbera. And uh, you know, but yeah, the home studio thing was something that I just had to I had to come into the. The 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 twenty first and 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 uh, pandemic century, COVID nineteen century. I was looking at like your list of of work, and you know, with like Futurama, that like kind of came and came, and then came back, and Pinky the Brain, the same thing. Is there ever trouble like recovering a voice that you did, like where you're like I? Well, I think my voice is older and deeper now than it was in the nineties. You know, yeah. when I listen back to old Pinky and the Brains. I I, I go. Uh, Sorry, I'm not supposed to say old. OG. The OG <laughs> Pinky in the Brains. I hear that there's a timbre to my voice that's a little higher, that I actually like the way I do Brain now a little better because he is based on Orson Welles, and I am close to right. you know the, the age that Welles was, well, actually when he left us. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, so, you know, we know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives every July peas grow there. You know, I mean, that's yeah. how I came to the voice was I had that Phil Proctor and Neil Ross both gave me copies of that, that famous frozen peas outtake uh, session. And, uh, you know, I would try and do it in my forties and I just couldn't get quite down there enough. And now I can. So, I mean, all of our voices drop when we get older. So mm-hmm. there's that, but, I think we're all basically still there. As long as we can still hit, you know, some of the high notes, I think we're, we're all right. I think the, the audience is looking to hear the heart and soul of the character rather than, you know, the, the timbre. Uh, and it's such, per se. A, a, such a beloved character. And I, I felt like, you know, it came, it came out when I was in college and, um, you know, everyone I in college I was with uh, watched, I was just telling a friend of mine who I was interviewing and she's like, Oh my God. I still watch that with my husband, you know, and it's like, what is it about Pinky the Brain that like just drives home with people? So, so. Well, the show isn't about taking over the world. The show is about a relationship. The show is about a friendship. That's 
That's the whole thrust of the show is these two characters. It's Oscar and Felix. It's, uh, it's, it's Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's just two, two characters who have, uh, a complex relationship and yet, uh, they are, they deeply care for each other. It's just that one of them can't show it. You know, brain, brain will not allow himself to show how much he cares about Pinky. Pinky is all love and helpfulness, and, you know, and, and a, good, a good dash of incompetence. Um, but, uh, you know, and brain is self-important and takes himself way too seriously. Uh, can, I mean, can you imagine having a, a, a loftier goal and taking over the world? I always played brain, though, as though he wants to take over the world because he knows he can run it better than right. all, all the yahoos that are you know doing it now um but he's um he, so so that i think is what speaks to people it also looks like a marriage i mean it's you know they have some of the fights that the married people have just as in the odd couple the mm-hmm. odd couple was the odd couple was about a marriage but it 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 you know featured two heterosexual men Right. Uh, but it was about all the problems that people have that the, both those characters had with their spouses, they have with each other. Because really, in any, you know, I guess this basic human psychology, any problem you have with other people is actually a problem you're having with yourself. So, you know, um, I think that might be what speaks to people about the show. The plots that take over the world, you know, some of them are, are hilarious, you know, but yeah. they, the show isn't a show about how to take over the world. It's not a world domination show. It's a bickering, a bickering couple show. So, and, and that's that kind of relationship that I think everyone has, even unmarried people. You know, like me, and my business partner, we argue frequently, and yeah. it's it's that kind of when you're with someone long enough, you're going to have, you know, that those pet peeves or those little things that just drive you crazy. You know, you know what? With characters, really. Uh, I kind of, I kind of love. I think their dynamic is sort of the shoulders on which uh, Rob and I stand, whether we acknowledge it or not. Is Gene Hackman and Ned Beatty in Superman the movie? Lex Luthor okay. and Otis. Yeah. The 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 uninformed idiot and the informed idiot. You know, I mean, Lex's plan in that film is crazy. I mean, it's just. You cannot, you cannot, by destroying California, create beachfront property in Nevada. I mean, right. that's not what will happen. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a friggin' disaster. People will not be flocking to, you know, the San Andreas Fault to get an umbrella drink and sit there and watch California floating away. You know, but, you know, their, their dynamic of, you know, Otis, next time, put my robe on after I get out of the pool, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, Casa del Lex, Marina del Lex, Otisburg, you know, Otisburg, <laughs> Otisburg. It's a tiny little place, Mr. Luther. Otisburg. I'll clean it up right now. You know, uh, you know, because Otis is, is sweet and harmless and, 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 and Luthor is, is, you know, probably the, until he launches the missiles, the most dangerous thing about him is his wit. Yeah. So, you know, I loved that dynamic, and I guess I, I try to bring some of that to, to my, my side of picking the brain. And it's it's interesting. I mean, there's even like online theories that that Pinky's the insane. genius yeah. and insane. <laughs> because insanity is doing the same thing. So you don't you don't approve of that a different result. <laughs> P 
Pinky can't think his way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, he can barely spell. Brain has all these complicated theorems written all around the lab in the opening credits. Who wrote those if not for a genius? Come on. <laughs> it's not to say that, that Brain isn't also insane. True. He could be a genius and insane. And insane, right. But, but it's not that Pinky's the genius. Although there was that one episode where Pinky is just like levitating fruit and not not even not even realizing what he's doing. And Brain goes, Pinky, how are you doing that? Doing what, Brain? And then the fruit just falls and he totally forgets that he can yeah. levitate fruit. But yeah, I, 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 you know, as as they say, that's why they call it a theory. You know, <laughs> it's it's just so. a good way for people to kind of keep talking about it. But is there another role that you've had that really sticks with you other than brain? Um, sure. Sure. Many of them. Dr. Egon, Dr. Egon Spengler from the real Ghostbusters getting to, you know, again, standing on the shoulders of giants to emulate. I didn't realize Harold you did Ramos. that one. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to stand on Harold Ramis's shoulders with his approval. Um, I was the only person allowed to sound like the character from the movie. I don't know. I just, it was that I got in the booth and, and had no other ideas, you know, for, uh, for Egon other than to do my impression of Harold. So, uh, you know, when I came out, Michael C. Gross said, all right, I know we said, don't do impressions, but that was pretty good. You, you, <laughs> you, you get to, you get to do impressions. And I said, oh, thank you. And, uh, you know, I got home and then later that I found out later that day, I booked the job. So Egon stands out to me. Um, um, God, I've got so many characters I love from Futurama. Um, I think Lieutenant Kiff Croker is certainly my vulnerable side and the side that is thwarted so often. Oh, I think Kiff and Brain both share a thwartedness. Yeah. I find in my life, you know, when things go askew in my world, like all this stuff happening uh, with the, the house, water I, filling your house, I just feel like, ah. Oh, it's just, it's just the universe is arrayed against me. I know it's just coincidence, but you can't, one can't help but go to that that place of taking it personally from the universe or from God oh, yeah. or whatever. But you know, so I I use that. I use my the sense that I have of being thwarted easily. Is, I use that for the characters, and I think people can relate to it. So Kiff, uh, Lur, ruler of the planet Omicron, Percy I eight. Uh, he's kind of the, the blowhard side of me. And the side that does go through a midlife crisis. I mean, I'm probably in my three quarters life crisis, but all of life's a crisis for me. So uh, it's it's fine. Uh, I just, as I say, I use it. But I love Lur, um, and um, and 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 uh, Galculon, the star of all my circuits, the greatest robot acting unit with unholy acting talent. <laughs> There's something in me that relates to that, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm an actor, and I do everything an actor would do, and I'm over the top in a lot of ways. So, uh, Calculon is 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 one of my spirit animals, or at least spirit hunks of tin. And where do you find the voices? Do you kind of stroll around your house and try on new voices for the family, or do they just oh, family's come? done with it. Family doesn't. Family doesn't <laughs> want to hear about it. Yeah. When my son was little, he's 28 now, but when he was little, I would try and do the voices when I'd read him stories. And he'd be like, Dad, can you just read it like a regular dad? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I would just, 
I would just, so, no, I mean, I just, I do what, I, I do characters that interest me. And in the moment, I mean, it's improvisational for sure. I mean, Matt Groening and I, you know, workshop the voice of Kiff in the first episode he shows up in for a good 15 minutes where we just tried things and he kept saying, no, no, no. But the great thing about Matt is he wasn't, he wouldn't say do this character, do this movie star, do that TV star. He would say, okay, I want him. He's got to sound tired. So to me, Truman Capote always sounded like he was exhausted. You know? mm -hmm. He was just, he was one of those, he just sounded, everything was a sigh and he just sounded very, uh, you know. And so then he said, well, okay, but I also wanted to have a certain pissiness. I mean, he's not powerful. He can't fight back against that Brannigan, but I want him to be pissy, you know, and have an attitude, kind of like Lovitz. And, if I, and I said, so like the line was, if one of his first lines was, sir, it seems the rest of the crew doesn't share your passion for velour. And so I tried it as Truman Capote. Sir, it seems the rest of the crew doesn't share your passion for velour. And then we tried the Lovitz note. Sir, it seems the rest of the crew doesn't share your passion for velour. And so we married those and it became, Sir, it seems the rest of the crew doesn't share your passion for velour. Ugh. And when I threw that sigh on the end of it, that's it. Keep that. That sigh is gold. And so we've always, you know, had two or three kiff sighs anytime into the exhaustion that we've all felt as we've dealt with a boss that we know we knew better than. Yeah, you know that that stupid boss, and just walking away going, oh, which <laughs> I I totally stole from my wife. That's walking away from you, walking away from me. <laughs> That's the sound she makes when I've made an ass of myself, and she just walks away. Going, oh. <laughs> I owe her my career in that way. Yeah. So when you meet people, are do you have? those moments where you're like oh crap i'm gonna remember this person's voice or mannerisms and like start kind of like paying attention to that when person. people are distinctive enough yeah i will i will try and do a little siler kind of thing or siler from oh yeah from yeah heroes, I mean, heroes you know, right yeah zach quinto you know i was i was siler before zach was siler really i did siler i did siler in voiceover siler appears on on uh the uh, on oh gosh i used to love this show and i can't remember the character's name the east indian uh, a science scientist um oh, <clears throat> anyway uh, they go and Koresh? check out his crush yeah 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 so uh they go to crush's dad's apartment and there's a message from siler on the answering machine and they hadn't cast zach yet they didn't know how old siler was going to be they just knew there was going to be this character named siler that steals people's powers and 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 uh and somehow or another he gets to it by slicing their heads open um so um jeff Loeb, who was um you know uh, uh producing the show at the time called me in we've been friends for 20 years longer uh and uh so he called me and he said i want this guy to you know, if we could afford kevin spacey i'd want him to sound like kevin spacey that kind of there's a haunting character thing but there's also some sort of you know, there's a, there's a flatness and a straightforwardness to it too. So I went in and did and did the lines. Uh, you know, it's not in a Kevin Spacey impression, but with with that attitude. So I was uh, I was the first uh, the first time you hear Siler. That was my voice. Oh, that's interesting. And, yeah. and I saw yeah. like a lot of credits like that. Um, obviously, you did Orson Welles for some things, but um, IMDb has you credited for Buddy's Belch in Elf, which I thought was like a weird credit. <laughs> 
but well, it was a weird credit, but I'd done it for I'd done it for uh, Animaniacs, whatever Wacko. Oh, uh, sure. Has has the belching concerts at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. So uh, somehow, I guess uh, somebody, you know, because they had strung together a bunch of genuine belches digitally. Yeah. But it just was playing like digital belching. And they wanted to know if I could sustain the sound I did for uh, Wacko. You know, I'd do the Blue Daniel Waltz in Wacko's belches. Uh, if I could sustain that for 15 seconds. And because it's not a real belch, because it's simply, it's like a combination of Tuvan throat singing and okay, turning yeah. your turning your tongue inside out so that your cheeks, you know, are the echo chamber instead of the, your palate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes out like this. It's like, uh, it became, so I did that for 15 seconds and it became, I did like three takes and that became Buddy's Belch. Yeah. That's crazy. That's and I still get residual checks around March for all, <laughs> for all, of, the the, Christmas all of the Christmas streaming and, you know, times it airs on cable. That's, that's, that's fantastic. That belch money. Got to get that belch money. Got to get that belch money. And just, just Arnell calls me a stunt burper because, <laughs> you know, he played wacko the rest of the time, but for the bar, for the belching me. Yeah. That's great. Um, do you have any other things lined up that you can talk about that you're really excited about working on? Well, uh, you know, we got this uh, latest uh, this latest season of uh, of Animaniacs. That'll be actually, I, I know we're dropping, uh, you know, we're we're streaming Murder Anyone on uh, all the streamers, as far as I know, um, uh, February seventh, and then February seventeenth, um, uh, the final season of Animaniacs will 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 drop. I think an episode at a time on Hulu. So. Um, uh, so that's 10 new episodes. So I'm excited about that. And just put the, the final ADR and finishing touches. ADR stands for automated dialogue replacement or looping as they call it more colloquially. Um, and then uh, we just uh, wrapped on uh, the first, uh, the first order of 20 episodes of Futurama and write your congressman asked for the next 20, uh, but watch it for sure. When it drops this summer, leave it on. Just, just, Walk just out of the room. Go. Yeah. Watch all ten, the first ten, and then just leave it on all night. And call a friend and go get Hulu to get the get the free trial because they also <laughs> go up go. Out. How many new streams? How many new subscribers? So there's that. And um, but I'm truly excited for murder anyone because this is not an area where I usually. This is not a, a corner of the sandbox I usually play in. Right. Being on camera, and somehow or another, three different festivals. I've seen fit to give me uh, a best, either best lead or best supporting oh, wow. uh, actor, best of the fest. So uh, the uh, so I, I'm, it's you know completely revisited territory for me being on camera. I did a little on camera in the early part of my career, but um, to get to come back in front of the camera again, thanks to James Bressack, James Cullen Bressack. Uh, is is just such a treat and i'm so thrilled so really and cool. and i look i look at the film and i don't cringe you know yeah. there was a time where i just go oh god did i did i really do that with my hands oh my god you know <laughs> you know yeah like my hands it's like the song from from it's like the part of the song uh from uh pink floyd's the wall my hands fell just like two balloons you know i just always never knew what to do with my hands in fact we made that a running gag on the set, I was like, yeah. "Am I doing too much hand acting, James? Am I 
too many hands. I don't know. What am I? So you're fine with the hands. Drop your hands. Just relax that's, with your hands. It's one of know? my favorite things about watching like really bad cinema is the kind of like overacting. And, and what jumped yes. to mind was um, Clerks. Uh, I was listening to a commentary of Kevin Smith and it was just one of the, I think she was supposed to be playing a detective at the end. And he's like, just look at how fast this girl's writing. And it was like, she's supposed to be like taking notes and it's like, no one writes that fast and it's just like nobody those, yeah those silly little like moments yeah. of nobody like, finds a parking spot that fast as as any as doris day i mean you know <laughs> you ever notice doris day just pulls into a spot in front of the building it's yeah. like you never see a movie about two guys who can't find a fucking parking spot for 15 minutes you know it's a, <laughs> that needs to be the show oh yeah. these people you know i mean we need to watch uh you know you need to watch two famous characters looking for a parking spot. Maybe Lex Luthor and oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ned Ned Beatty's gone. Yeah. All right, somebody somebody has to look for a spot for 15 minutes. Maybe I'll make that movie. Well, that's kind of um, uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. They they always have you know those interesting moments where they'll they'll be driving around and the car just dies because it's a vintage whatever whatever. And, right. You know. But um, yeah, you know, it's one of those like movies are always commenting on like oh the realism it's like eh, the realism isn't out like it's the interesting realism the boring realism is never in the movie no of course not of course yeah. not yeah but um you mentioned that well anime... now we come to that part where we run out of things to say <laughs> we still yeah. have nine minutes to fill so i'm gonna play with my pen and tap it on my desk and tell you no well no i was just gonna say you mentioned that animaniacs is being released by the episode and that seems like a new streaming i think i think okay. i don't have confirmation on that don't hold me to that but i i i'm not sure if they're going to do it week, week by week like they did with you know Hulu. that seems to be the hulu model is to yeah. it, not drop everything at once netflix does that and we love them too love the netflix enchantments <laughs> on netflix that's the other thing uh, we just we, we are wrapping up disenchantment now the yeah. fifth and final season. I'm in a lot of final seasons, Andy, and it's making me very nervous. <laughs> I don't want this to be my the... final season of life. That's like the creator thing, though. Uh, I, I've heard other people talk about it where, you know, you're, you're fine. And then it's you kind of go through that maddening point of like, OK, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next? Oh, thing? yeah. No, you're always you're in the hallway uh, of, of the, you know, looking for doors to open. And once you step through the door, you're going, ah. Okay, I'm good for 20 episodes. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> but you know, it's it's that time where you just go, all right, I'm out of work, never working again. That's yeah. it. They're on to me. But that never that never goes away. I've been fooling them. I've been doing this since 1985. 1985 was the. I mean, I I don't think I had to take. Actually, since 1983, but 1985 was the work really heated up. 1983 was the last time. So we're talking. 40 years where I haven't had to do some other job, something else for a living besides voiceover or some aspect of show business, stand-up comedy, uh, any of that. And, and I have not, uh, I've not lost that feeling that one day it's all going to come screeching to an end and they found me out. And all I've been doing is doing a brilliant imitation of talent that I don't actually have any talent that never goes away for an actor ever. 
I don't, I think it's a creator thing in general. Like what, what is the you know, brain damage that we have that makes us live in this world? Like we can just get a job and collect a paycheck like normal people. But like, what, what is it about that? life? I think those folks are the healthiest folks. I really do. I think, I think the people that, that I, you know, that I meet in the Midwest who are just happy to have work, have, have a job they go to work the job, do a good job. They get a check, they bring it home. They have dinner with the family and then, you know, uh, they take a vacation once a year and they're just happy. That makes them happy. Then they have fun on the weekends, varying degrees, whether it's healthy fun or less than healthy fun, but they have fun on the weekends. And that's, 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 and they keep it that simple. I think most people are healthy. I think it's people like me and, and you that got to, we've got to create, you know, got to cre- pursue that creative life and make something that people remember, remember us by, you know, um, it's just, it's, 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 there's, there's gotta be, um, oh, I know I, my, my wife has just sent me this. My wife has walked in with this note. She doesn't want to disturb the podcast, but she's saying loud machines. loud machines are going to start now. Loud machines to start <laughs> gonna, now. now. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 well, I've warned Andy, our host, that I've told the whole story of all the crap that's gone on with the house. <laughs> It's 45 minutes. Okay. Yep. We're just oh, about okay. to wrap up. Yeah. We're about to wrap up. So if you hear loud noises, it's the repair is about to start on my water logged house. And so we never have go. a good way to like wrap up a, a episode. Well, now, one of my, now we do. Now we do. Like, oh, now we're we got to go. Loud machines. Yep. They're drilling now and they're oh, power yeah. washing. Um, but I'll just say that I think, I think we're like, who's the genius and who's insane. We're the insane ones. We're the ones that are willing to go through that. Not in our stomach. Every time a project comes to an end. Uh, now, how am I going to make a living? That's it. I've been found out. No, you know, I don't know if it's that healthy. You know, I it's, it's, but it's, I can't do anything else. You know, like Lovitz, like John Lovitz, my, my dear friend and, and castmate, castmate. I was the castmate. He was the star from the critic said in the movie, uh, uh, a league of their own. As the guy, he's on the train and the guy goes, can you believe it? I made this many sales. Can you believe it? He goes, ah. <laughs> if I had your job, I'd kill myself. <laughs> that's such a great line. Yeah. And that's the way I feel, you know, that's like every show business guy would, you know, I think if I had to do anything else, I'd, I'd, I think I'd become depressed. Maybe not depressed enough to, you know, to do anything, do myself harm, but yeah. I love what I do. And I love to, I love seeing what comes next, what comes next out of me as a creative person, because my creative process is finding the character, you know, and, and that, that brings me joy. And your, your laugh when I do a voice or when I say something funny brings me joy. That gives my life meaning because God, if we were built without the laughter chip, we'd all kill ourselves. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? I, I can't think of a sentiment better to end on. Uh, Maurice, is there anywhere that people can go online to follow you or uh, you're on social medias? I don't or... want anybody following me around. I got, I got yeah. private things. I have gas. <laughs> yeah. I have, you know, a pill that I take that makes me pee too much. You're not um, on the TikTok? No, <laughs> I'm not on the TikTok I, yeah. because China, um, <laughs> but I am on the Instagram and you can find me. You can, the very little that I post pictures, but I will post updates of when I'm like doing a comic con or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm at, Maurice underscore Lamarche, M-A-U-R-I-C-E underscore L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. 
That's me on the Instagram. On the Twitter, uh, I'm just, there's no, take out the underscore. It's just my name. M-A-U-R-I-C-E-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, Maurice LaMarche. And I sometimes post my thoughts or, you know, again, you know, do, do shameless self-promotion. But, uh, you know, funny, funny ideas that occur to me, things like that. I'm nowhere near as funny as the volatile mermaid. And I urge you to follow her at oh no she twittened yes look the, right. look up the volatile mermaid this girl is the funniest writer working today as far as i'm concerned she's so insightful up. yeah uh follow her on twitter as well uh anyway so yes i'm i'm uh, that's where you can find me and uh i've even got a facebook page just look for my name and i'm i'm i think i'm dressed in a tuxedo it's i, I think i use a, a photo from the emmy awards because i was fortunate enough to win a couple of emmys for futurama so uh, that's how I just make it. That's how I know that that's my professional page. My personal <laughs> page, it's me and my dog in the car. Yeah. But my professional page, I'm very tuxed out. Nice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was an absolute honor. Oh, Eddie, and, thank you so much for having me. And good luck I'm with the house and uh, for our listeners. And, and with murder, murder anyone, <laughs> February 7th on the February 7th. Yes. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.